the rock bottom moment. When you hit that moment of rock bottom, it's kind of like, oh my God, what's the point of this? I've spoken to musicians, actors, coaches, influencers. There's always a very similar trend in the conversation is that there's a rock bottom type moment. And then in that moment, it's like, I need to be doing something else here. There's like a want for change. And then that sparks something. And some of the artists who I've spoken to, their rock bottom was like living in poor conditions. For other people, it's like uh, struggles with mental health. It was almost like a catalyst moment. Hello and welcome to episode 276 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. I'm a coach. This podcast is all about self-development and helping you to live a happier, more fulfilling life. And each week on this podcast, we hear some of the stories of some of the most inspirational people in the world to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. And on this week's episode, we're doing things a little bit differently because this is a recording of a podcast that I did for someone else, which unfortunately didn't go out. I still had all of the footage and the audio that I recorded on my side of things. And I thought it was a shame to waste it because there were so many great things that I was sharing in the episode, even if I say so myself. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you guys because to me, like there's some of my biggest learnings since I've been on my self-development journey over the last nine, 10 years. And some of the biggest learnings that I've made since starting this podcast in 2017 and interviewing over 200 people. So this episode is a little bit different to normal, um, but in it, I share some of my biggest learnings from going from depressed to happy, um, my story from working social media in the BBC to being a life coach. And I also talk about some of the impactful learnings that I've made in, the, in recent times, especially how we're ultimately connected to nature um the the power and the implications of understanding the zero plus uh principle and understanding that you guys will hear me talking about and much much more so if you like this episode and you're digging what you're hearing be sure to like and subscribe it and be sure to share it with a friend because i started this episode to inspire a positive change and you can be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone you know today but right now let's jump straight in and hear the episode so i've worked out to be about nine years ago um pretty much coming up to september october time nine years ago um i was 25 and i had this moment where um i was with my ex-girlfriend well she she was my girlfriend at the time she's now now an ex-girlfriend and uh, i had a uh, what i would call a breakdown in front of her and i kind of realized in that moment all in like this this epiphany moment of like wow i've spent the last x many and it's really hard to put a a number on it because i don't know how long i was living as i was living because it just seemed normal but i've i figured it must have been between like 17 18 up until that moment at 25 and um i'd I'd been living miserable like very unhappy you know i'm sure if someone had an opportunity to diagnose me they would diagnose me depressed or i was having lots of thoughts about not wanting to live anymore and, and stuff like that and um sorry to take it a bit morbid early but um it was the reality at the time and this this breakdown that I had in front of my girlfriend was like it was the first time that I'd really um acknowledged to someone but also for myself out loud that I just wasn't happy with my life and I wasn't I just didn't feel in a great place you know I I couldn't even get my words out at the time like we the the way it came about is we were we were having this back and forth you know like a a lover's tiff should we call it and uh, my, my girlfriend, girlfriend at the time, she was saying something to me and we, we were going back and forth. And then she just turned around at one point and she went, why aren't you saying anything? 
And I was sort of like stumped. I was sitting there thinking, we've just been having this back and forth for like five, 10 minutes. And she was like, why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you saying anything? And that was the moment where it's like my reality fractured because it was like I realized that I'd been I'd been answering her, but only in my head. But I thought I was saying it out loud. And I realized there was so much of my life that I'd lived in my own head like that and hadn't been maybe vocalizing or whatever. And um, I, I just bawled into tears for like flat out on the bed and her energy went to like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? And at the time, the only words I could get out was, um, I just don't feel like me. I just don't feel like me. That, that was the only, between all of the, <laughs> it was, I just, <laughs> I just don't feel like me. And that was it. I couldn't explain it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know whatever. And then once I'd kind of settled down, um, her mum was actually a therapist. So we went downstairs and spoke to her mum and she tried to help me make sense of what was going on. And still it, it felt really weird. It felt very uncomfortable but then over time, slowly over the next like week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it just started to feel like a massive relief. It was like I'd finally admitted this, this I don't know, falsity that I was li living in my head and I could be more expressive. And um, yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of went from there, you know, it was like getting out of the, the mind conversations and just expressing it was like a real um moment of relief and, and that's kind of how it felt initially and then it went to confusion because it was like oh now what do i do like oh like the mind kicking back in like okay what do we do now what how do we fix it how do we solve it and it was like confusion for like a year year and a half but it was during that year year and a half where i started to make those changes that i mentioned earlier and i started to see that something was changing i didn't again didn't know what it was couldn't explain it but I noticed it was happening. Um, so it was a mixture of like relief and then confusion for like a gray zone, like no man's land for like quite a long time. And it was strange because you'd look at it on paper and you think, well, at the time you had a good girlfriend, you, ha you had a great job in advertising, you know, you had your own car, you were on your way to buying your own place. There was like a bunch of stuff that on paper looked like, well, you should be quite happy with how your life's going. You're earning good money and stuff like that. Going on nice holidays with my family and friends, but I wasn't. And it, that moment was was like a real awakening for me of like, well, what does happiness actually mean then? If this stuff isn't making me happy, what does? And it set me on this path. And I went to a few therapy sessions with this lady that I was recommended. And it the work didn't really resonate with me at the time for whatever reason. I don't want to, I'm not judging therapy. I think it's great, but it just didn't resonate with me. And I felt like I wanted to, to, to look more like forward. Like, what do I want from life? What do I want to create? How do I want to live kind of stuff? And I didn't know of coaching back then. So I, I kind of looked into self-help books, personal development books, things like The Chimp Paradox and The Power of Now and some spiritual books and stuff like that. And um, after about a year, year and a half, I started to notice that my life was changing. My perspective was a lot more positive. I felt a bit more excited about the possibility of the future, whereas before it seemed really like doom and gloom and, and all of this. And... Um, that kind of led me onto this idea of like, wow, like what, what's been going on in my life? What, what have I been doing? Because I made some changes, which was like reading the books, listening to inspirational podcasts, um, exercising regularly, meditating daily, changing up my diet to make it more healthy and just generally living, uh, living better, shall we say. And it looked like I, that was the stuff that helped me. So after, uh, you know, I'm going down the clock a little bit but after a couple more years or another year and a half or so 
I decided I wanted to start my podcast because I was, I was starting to see the change in my life. And it was like, wow, if I can change my life around, surely other people can as well if I share my story. And I was working in music at the time at the BBC for one of the radio stations, Radio One Extra. And I was very connected in the music world at the time. So I started to reach out to people, photographers, DJs, videographers, managers, people who owned labels, and started to interview them about their their journey into what they did. What was the what was the thing that got you to where you are? Because you look very happy in what you do. <laughs> and um, the podcast started to build up a bit of a, a head of steam, shall we say, a bit of attention. And that was the moment where the more I shared that online and my journey online, that people started to then come to me and ask for advice. They were like, you seem to have figured out whatever you figured out, like help me kind of thing. And I still didn't know what coaching was then. And that was kind of like my first taste of coaching I would say and then I remembered um actually I started to hear about coaching in some of the podcasts I was listening to and like the the books I was reading and to me coaching was like football coaching tennis coaching fitness coaching etc 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 I didn't have an idea what this life coaching thing was and I remembered that many many years before in 2011 I think it was I worked with this guy called John Dashfield on a, on a project for the marketing company I worked for at the time, which was building a, a, a well-being app, I guess. And um, he was a life coach. And he was the only person in the whole world that I knew that actually was this thing called a life coach. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn. Hey, John, how you doing? Told him what I was up to. I was interested to hear him what he did. And he, um, he, 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 we went for lunch and he just said to me, right, this is what I do, explained a bit about coaching, how he works with people. It didn't make any sense to me at the time. I still didn't get what he did. <laughs> and he said to me, look, if you're into coaching, like go and check out this stuff over here by Steve Chandler like, and his work for the business side of coaching and, and the approach that's been helpful for me. And then for the more uh, life you know, perspective, psycho psychological stuff, go check out this guy called Sidney Banks. I hadn't heard of any of these two guys. I was like, all right, cool. I'll go check out this, see what it's all about. And that was it, you know, fast forward nearly five years. Yeah, coming up to five years, I suppose. Here we are, the rock bottom moment. When you hit that moment of rock bottom, it's kind of like, oh my God, what's the point of this life? Like, why am I here? Like, what's what's the point of it all? It's like a real like, ugh. But then on the flip side, when you when you get to a position where you, you start to see life from uh, the reality and the truth of how we actually experience life, it's like a different kind of like, oh, what's the point? Nothing matters. It's like the same kind of question is at, as at both ends of the of the spectrum. And it's it's a really funny way like to experience the same thing, but in, in two entirely different ways. One's through despair and like fear and worry. And the other one's through like the complete opposite, like freedom and expression and just like, ah, oh, nothing matters. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Like, why are we here? I don't know. <laughs> I've spoken to musicians, actors, coaches, influencers, and there's always a very uh, similar trend in the conversation is that there's a there's a rock bottom type moment. It's not the same for everyone, but it's a rock bottom type moment. And then in that moment, it's like, I need to be doing something else here. And there's like a, there's like a want for change. And then that sparks something. And it looks very different. Some of the artists who I've spoken to, their rock bottom was like, living in poor conditions and wanting to make more out of their life than what they grew up with for other people it's like uh, struggles with mental health for other people it's like losing you know everything that they've they thought they had 
and it, it's very different for everyone but there, there's a there's like it was almost like a catalyst moment you know especially when it, I find when it comes to people who are coaches or people who talk about um share their own experience it's normally come from from a place of uh, desperation within themselves first to then you know go on their own journey and then want to bring people along on that journey in in their own way you know it looks very different for everyone but that's the kind of general arc that you know that you tend to see it's like, it's like the movie arc is like everything starts off okay then it all goes to crap and then it's like okay we need to build it back up again it's, it's a very similar thing what does it mean to be happy because I, f- I felt like i was so unhappy for such a long time it was like what what makes me happy well, i guess was the question that i had at the time and that I was just following that narrative and, and it was leading me to different things. You know, it might have been meditation or regular exercise or cutting out sugar and junk food from my diet. Then it was, you know, like then turning vegetarian and then like exercising more and, it, you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, even even through the books that if, if I <laughs> it's actually quite funny now that I think about it. if I lined up the books, right, that are in chronological order as I read them, if I could remember like you'd see, you'd almost see the the trail of breadcrumbs you know you'd see like it started off here and now it's like way over here somewhere and it's like the consciousness rise is like the the type of stuff that I was reading and consuming as well was also taking form as an evolution of me and I've said the same thing throughout my life well especially the last four and a half years I've had the podcast like the podcast has always been an extension of me you know, it started out like, okay, let's hear about your career. Let's hear about your journey. Tell me like what motivates you, what makes you tick. And now it's like, hey, yeah, let's talk about consciousness. And like, <laughs> let's talk about how the brain really works. And let's talk like, you know, unconditional love and stuff like that. And it's it's an extension of my journey. And the more that I kind of lean into that, it's that like I'm not, I'm very happy where I am in my life. I, I couldn't be happier. Like, I know it doesn't get any better than this, but I also know that, it will continue to evolve just by looking at the past trajectory without without even trying you know and that's exciting the thing that i struggled with for so long was like the balance being open to to what unfolds and open to the possibilities and open to the trajectory of life without having anything to do right you know to do in a big inflatable inverted commas but without uh, you know overly focusing or, or whatever on something versus like having goals you know in like business or as a coach or like with my podcast or relationship goals life goals fitness goals like trying to uh like see the balance in the two because on one hand it's like oh you don't need to worry about the goals but then on the other hand it's like yeah but i quite want the goals you know and it's like i started to see that um and i've i call it uh creating from the future it's like the future doesn't exist right It, it doesn't exist because we only have this moment now so if, for example, I say to myself, oh, I want to become, uh, I'm going to think of something random, a jujitsu master, which I, I don't want to do that. This is a random example. If I wanted to become a jujitsu master in 10 years time, how do I get there? It's not just going to happen, right? I'd, I'd be great if it did, but I'd, there's certain things I would still need to embody, shall we say. And I'd look at that and I'd go, okay, so if I wanted that to happen, what would a, someone who's a jiu-jitsu master be doing now? That means they would get to that point. And there's, like, okay, now I'd probably have to sign up for a jiu-jitsu class for a start. And then from there, you can just let let the rest of it unfold. And you can like, almost keep referring to, to that point in the future as a reference point 
It's not like, oh, I'm gonna, if I don't get there, I'm gonna be very disappointed and unhappy. And if I get there, I'll be happier. It's like just, that's the direction I'm looking in. It's like having a GPS, you know? It's like you put, <laughs> you put the, uh, the destination in and you can get there however you want. Once you know where the destination is, you can take whichever route you want, as long as you're looking in the right direction. Because if you're looking in the wrong direction, you're gonna have to turn around, which still isn't a bad thing, because you still know eventually where you, you know what I mean? So it's like, I always had that struggle of like, Where's the balance between the two? But I've really found that this this living into the possibility right now is like something really exciting. So and I'll give you an example, um, a real life example, not a made up one. I was talking to my coach about this yesterday and I've got this this idea of wanting to write a child friendly novel slash comic book. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what it will be yet and, and have a story that I can share this kind of teaching and understanding and my learnings into the story but i need to know that's that that's something that i want to create in order to start creating it if i don't have the the the, the goal in inverted commas as like the final you know piece the comic book or the novel whatever it will be then i i'm not going to start creating it from now whereas now that i have that as something i know that i would very much be interested in doing i can start i have i wrote the, the opening chapter yesterday straight off the bat and i've had some more ideas today and i'll probably write some more down today and it will get created just almost by itself, but not quite, you know, it's like that, there's that like middle point, you know, I've put off so much stuff in my life because of the the lack of motivation. But when I see that, you know, what, when I think about it from my own perspective, I, I don't want to speak for anyone else. So I'll speak from my own perspective. When I think about, okay, I'm not motivated right now. Therefore, it means that I can't do the thing. And I look at it from the point of, well, if it's just a feeling that I'm having, if I'm waiting for a feeling to arrive so that I can then feel motivated to do something, I'm playing the wrong game. Because the feeling, it comes from me. It's not like something outside of me is going to change and then I have this new feeling and now I'm going to act. The feeling comes from me. So if that's true, which is kind of the, the direction we look in with the work we do, then it means that I can act independently of the feeling that I currently have. There, there has to be a focus point, destination point, shall we keep calling it, right? Um, to, to work towards. But there's things that you kind of almost have to do regardless of how you feel to, to make sure that those things are happening. You know, it's like, you know, you don't need to be motivated to be a mum, right? I'm not, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, I'm assuming, right? But it's, you don't wake up and feel like, oh, I'm not motivated to be a mum today, so I'm not gonna be a mum. You're just being a mum, you know? The same way I already know before I go to bed tonight, I'm gonna brush my teeth. I don't need to feel motivated to do it. So it shows me I can act independently of my feelings. And that's been so powerful for me, because if I don't feel motivated, I can still get stuff done, you know? It doesn't mean because I don't have the motivation, I can't do it. It's like me saying, I can't go to the gym today because I don't have any peanut butter in the fridge. The, the, the two don't, it's not like they're not, you know, they don't work in tandem like that. But if I believe that and I open the fridge and there's no peanut butter, I can't go to the gym. Can't do it. Can't go today. But if I see that I don't need peanut butter in the fridge in order to go to the gym, I can act independently of that. And that, and I feel like that's the game we play with motivation is like the motivation is the peanut butter in the fridge. But actually, we don't need to wait for the peanut butter in the fridge to be there to do the thing because we can do it anyway. I've always uh, really stuck to this saying, like, be, be where you are. And if you want to go one step further than that, be grateful or be happy with where you are. 
And once you're happy with where you are, you don't need anything more than where you are, what you're doing, what you're experiencing now. So therefore, the stuff that you want to do is just an additional thing. It's something you can do if you if you want. If you've got a preference for it, do it. If you don't, don't. And that's how I got to doing a lot of the stuff that I do. It's like, it's out of preference. You know, I don't think that by writing a, you know, comic book or novel, whatever it will turn out to be, is going to make me any better than who or what I am now, because it can't. But I can choose to do it out of preference. And that's that's been a real game changer for me, because it's like, I'm starting to see that I'm not a slave. I'm not in a prison to these these ideas of like, oh, I must do this. And uh, and it's like becomes this like angry, like frustrated approach to it because it's like, oh, I have to get it done because when I get there and I get to the top of the hill, I'm going to have an amazing view. But it's like, why can't you just enjoy being halfway up the hill and looking at the trees and the bushes and what's around you and listening to the birds and seeing the squirrels and a few bugs and whatever and chatting with your friends or whoever you're with like and then that means you'll be able to enjoy that top of the hill when you get there even more you know and it's like it's a real you know we hear it all the time that the journey is the destination you know and it's like that's what i'm really starting to see is like if there isn't a destination for us to get to because there isn't what are we racing towards death really you know if we're gonna if we're gonna be real that's what we're we're all racing towards so why don't we just enjoy the experience in between we're, we're all rushing towards something which we kind of don't even want to get to in the first place <laughs> and then we're, we're kind of missing out on all of this amazing stuff in the middle and it's like why like to me it's it's made a lot more sense to enjoy every step of the way enjoy the journey enjoy the path there's no point me trying to plan a hundred steps ahead of where I'm at if if all I've got to do is focus on the actual next step that I have to take and take that step and then take the next one and then take the next step and take the next one and it's like I was um I was in France recently and this is <laughs> this is quite a funny um teaching that I was I was I was hosting a retreat and the the crew that I was with there was like four of us and um, there was this really steep hill. So a set of really steep steps and then a really steep hill to get up to the place where we were staying. So every every day when we'd walk down to like the beach or like the, the town, we'd have to come back via this really steep hill. And it's it's pretty gruesome. I'm not gonna lie, it's like 15, 20 minutes straight uphill in like the 30 degree sun. And it's like, it's pretty gruesome. And I would say to everyone like, right, when you're doing this, like don't worry about getting to the top of the hill, just, take the step that's in front of you take that step can you take it yes okay can you take the next one yes okay can we take the next one yes okay and then sooner or later you're at the top and yeah you've you've sweated a little bit and you're a bit out of breath and whatever but it's not such a hard slog because you're not like oh my god i've still got three quarters of the way to go i'm not i don't know if i'm gonna make this i need water i need to rest you're just like okay am i gonna be okay taking the next step yes okay and then let's take the next one and let's take the next one and then let's take the next one and it's like, it's a really interesting approach to, to life in general. It's just like, what's the next step? Take it. And then and then worry about the one after that, and then the one after that, and then the one after that. Don't try and think like, I need to know what step 100 is going to look like. Because you don't know, and you never will until you're there. So it's called The Dash by Linda Ellis. And it goes, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. 
He noted that the first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash rep represents all the time they spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what little that line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. All that matters is how we spend our life and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never ha know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering this special little dash might only last a while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? If we look at, if we look at nature as a whole, right? we take nature as a whole, nature doesn't mind and it doesn't matter to nature whether the lion catches the gazelle on the savannah or whether the, the, the gazelle runs away from the lion. Nature as a whole doesn't care. It's not that it doesn't care, it just doesn't matter on the grand scheme of things. It only matters to the lion and the gazelle because it's their their version of what's happening in that moment in time, time in inverted commas. So it matters to them what, what the outcome is. But on the whole, to nature, it doesn't. Now, if we if we can recognize that there's a part of us that is that nature, that is the whole, that is a part of it, we can start to see that whether we do certain things or don't do certain things or have certain things or don't have certain things or create certain life or don't create a certain life it doesn't really matter it only matters to us because we've got this this mind and thought created story about what it would mean to this self in inverted commas that we've created via thought now nature as a whole doesn't have that uh, mind created idea or concept of a self it just is now it's not to say we need to live our life in that way because i don't think we ever will as human beings i don't think we ever will because we're always going to have a, a point of i or self as a reference point for our lives individually so the things that we experience are going to be experienced based on what our reference point of self is now when we see that the self isn't something that we necessarily need to believe, we have chosen to in a way, whether it's unconscious or not, or subconscious or whatever, or conscious, um, we can see like well, most of the decisions we make on a day-to-day -day basis really don't matter. It, does, it really doesn't matter what I have for lunch. It really doesn't matter whether I write this comic book or not. It really doesn't matter if we recorded this podcast or not. It really doesn't matter if I go to the gym tomorrow or not. It only matters to me if all of that stuff does or doesn't happen. But on the whole, it doesn't. And it's like leaning leaning into a bit more of that and detaching my idea of self, again, in inverted commas, for those who are listening, which I guess is everyone. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter as much. It still matters to me, but it doesn't matter as much. And that's freeing in itself. The concept that me and my friend came up with of zero and plus it's like zero is the whole is is the what you know i was describing as nature 
but the the concept of zero is is formless it's it's nothing it's it's always there it's ever present in us it's immovable it's eternal it's divine it's just it's just there zero doesn't go anywhere it doesn't care it doesn't have a good or bad outcome it doesn't have positive or negative it doesn't have right or wrong it it just is and everything outside of that is additional it's optional it's a plus and the plus in this instant is the self that we've created is a plus it's my plus my me alex who i refer to when i say alex who the story that i'm referring to when i use that word and name in inverted commas alex is my plus and i'm always going to experience life through that plus but if i understand that there is also a part of me which is the zero which is unmoved by whatever the story of the plus is in that moment it all looks less convincing to get to be worried about to be fearful about to be anxious about to be sad about to be now i like feeling all of those things because it's great it's part of the human experience we have these emotions to feel then none of them are good none of them are bad but if i start to to, to give them the the label or the experience of the point of self of me of alex of this feeling's bad or that feeling's good and i'm just living in a land of conflict all the time because i feel something and i want to feel something else i feel the thing that i want to feel and then i'm scared i'm going to go back to the other feeling so i want to try and hold on to it and i'm not fully present you know and it's this constant game of uh, emotional cat and mouse and it's 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 a crazy way to live i lived my life a long time like that and i still do sometimes i'm not saying i'm you know I've figured it all out because I definitely haven't, you know. <laughs> but it's like there's a beauty in in the letting go of it doesn't really matter. If I feel sad, it doesn't really matter. That's just f- feedback on what I'm feeling right now based on the thinking I'm having. Cool. It will probably go eventually. And it will because it does normally. There was a really big game-changing moment for me a couple years ago. I was watching a uh, David Attenborough documentary on the BBC and he was talking about, you know, sustainability and the state of the planet and, you know, we're killing the environment and all all that amazing stuff that he talks about, which we should be listening to. Right. And right at the end of the episode of the uh, the series, sorry, maybe it was a one off. I can't remember. But right at the end of it, he was like, if we continue down this path, the only uh, part of 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 the world that's going to suffer is the human race he was like we're the ones that are going to get wiped out if there's toxic environment and we can't breathe we'll get wiped out because nature will continue it will continue to evolve and this was the bit that 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 shook me right he went back to uh you know chernobyl where there was the big radioactive uh explosion thing i got excuse me for the ignorance of how to describe it but it's, it's, it's blanked my mind but he went back And he was like, these are all of the buildings that humans haven't been allowed to go to for years and years and years because of the level of um, radioactivity. And it was completely reclaimed by nature. There was ivy going up the buildings. There was birds flying around. There was all sorts. And nature was thriving in a place where humans couldn't. And that was the moment for me where I was like, oh, I get this a bit more now. Like, that's the part that's all. it's just always going to be there. It, it's just it doesn't care it doesn't care radioactive mm, what's that like mm, doesn't matter to me like there's a way that nature's going to thrive and that nature is the zero it's the you know you can call it the formless the energy spirit 
God, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. It's, we're talking about the same thing more often than not. It's always there and it's always going to thrive. And that's also within us. So my work as a coach is really uh, strongly grounded in this conversation that we've been having, helping people to look in this direction and, and see uh, see through a different lens than maybe the one that they've been looking through. I, I'm fortunate, I wear glasses, so I can use this as the example. It's like, take the glasses off and see life through a different, you know, put a different lens on or see a different perspective, right? Um, and it, it, it it's changing people's lives. Like the people that I've worked with in the past two years, specifically when I've really got into more of this conversation, people are becoming free of their anxiety, free of their worries, they're living more fulfilled, happy lives. And it's like, yeah, you could look at it on the surface and say, well, it doesn't look like their life has changed much, but their experience of it is what has changed. And then when the experience of life changes internally, then the external, generally speaking, changes with it. One of my clients, he's, he's a coach. He's made more money this year than he's made in the last like three years as a whole. And we haven't really spoken about business like he, we did initially, but we've mainly been talking about this stuff and it's it's freeing the space in his mind and it's dropping the stories and the limitations that his mind has created so that he can create uh, more freely within himself and, and the external f tends to follow. And it's like it's an amazing thing. And it's, you know, I, I, there's many ways that I, I work with people like one to one groups, retreats, as I mentioned earlier. And it's, it's a kind of, you know, cho choose the level of engagement that you want to have more of these conversations. Or if not, go and listen to my podcast, read my comic when it comes out. I'm going to throw that one in there to make sure it happens. <laughs> I'm just about to, to start this business accelerator, which is three months. And there's like an online course, which is like the prep work, which is just the theory. This is this is how this is the things you do to grow your business. And then the actual group work and the time we spend together is purely going to be looking in this direction. Let's look at the thinking. Let's look at the thoughts. Let's look at the limitations. Tell me about your relationship with your partner, because I'm sure there's something in that that's probably getting in the way of you having a more successful business, you know, because it all ties together. And it's like the more we uh, we go into the mental loft and we clear out some of the junk that's in the boxes we create space for something new to come through us some new thoughts some new insights some new wisdom and then that is a place that we can then create from and yeah i love it every day like it's every day i wake up and i'm just excited um i've actually been quite tame on this recording but I'm, I'm generally quite excited a lot of the time <laughs> because i'm just having these amazing conversations with people so it's good fun so there we have it thank you for listening to this episode thank you for staying with me all the way to the end and I'd love to know what you got from this episode. I'd love to know what's the one thing that really stood out for you that you learned and that you would like to take forward into your life and implement into your life. I started this podcast because I wanted to open conversation with people. So please DM me. Let me know what's the one learning you're taking from this episode. You can hit me up on Instagram at IamAlexManzi. And if you think that there's someone you know who would benefit from hearing this episode, be sure to share it with them. Send them the link, a screenshot. It's so important that we start to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this. I started this podcast because I wanted to make a positive change. And you can be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone you know today. So I want to thank Michaela Atsu for producing and editing this episode. And I want to thank Hobgoblin for providing the sick music that you hear. And as always, I want to thank you for spending time with me today. And I'll see you for the next episode.